three of the All the Books show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Eric Mickles, and with me is Nick Gunning. Wow. I just was wondering, like, if I didn't say anything, yeah. how, how big of an intro you'd give me if it yeah. was, like, all the way from Battle Creek, Michigan, or something like that. But That is where you're from. You just said, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I put you on the spot. Did so you just I, inform of everybody? I shouldn't expect much. Your origin story now? That I was born in Battle Creek, Michigan? Yeah. Cereal City, baby. What? C- cereal? Yeah. Like, they make all the cereal. Kellogg's okay. and Post. Yeah. used to be on the commercials. You had to send the box tops to Battle Creek, Michigan. Then you get your Tony the Tiger... Yeah. Bandana or your, whatever, uh, whatever the price was. Your summer job was sorting all those box tops. The cereal, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, big into the cereal world. For those just joining us, uh, this podcast is not about cereal or box tops. Wait, what? But about book news, oh, literary no. news, and author news. Wow, that's that's the intro, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, what have you been up to, book wise? Uh, book wise, well, yeah. I was sick for almost a week. Nick. Yeah, you were. You were down. Yeah, you were down. I I came. I was here. For, I was measuring your office. I was going to make yeah. it my like summer office. Yeah, I was so. here at work Monday, and then yeah. I was sick Tuesday. Yeah, but I thought I got better, so I came to work Wednesday. Yeah, you never saw me again. Yeah, we had a crazy weather week. Yeah, last week it never got as bad as they said no. it was going to get, but it was still well. The schools closed and uh, blowing. two days in a row. Yeah, they That's did. Pretty big for Western New York yeah. rural where they yeah. don't. Well, you know, everybody has a plow in their car. Yeah. I mean, I have a bicycle, got a plow on it. Does it? So, no, I don't wow. have Wow, okay. Yeah. When I worked at Herrick Library in Alfred, this was a long time ago now, like uh-huh. 10 years ago, I got, uh, we had a couple of snow days. Like, they closed the whole university, uh-huh. and it was, like, the first time I had a snow day since, you know, yeah. like, 11th grade, so it was pretty exciting. Yeah. I was pretty worried, exciting. as the director, yeah. you were going to close the library for a snow day while I was sick. Oh, uh, yeah. I was yeah. like, please don't tell me I'm wasting a yeah. snow day on a sick day. That would be awful. It would have been terrible. Yeah. So, I didn't get, I didn't do too much reading, but Sunday... I was like, I'm back. Yeah. So I finished. Uh, Rebound. I finished Gateway by Frederick Pohl. Oh, okay. So it was pretty good. Again, this is a story about uh, we find like this space station slash asteroid uh, called Gateway that has a bunch of uh, ships and relics of an old alien race, and people can come if they can afford it, and they become uh, miners, not miners, uh, prospectors. Right. And they they can risk getting in a ship. And they don't know where it's going to take them because it's an alien ship. Mm -hmm. And they get to make money off of whatever they find. But uh, not everyone comes back alive. Not everybody finds something. So it's it's very dangerous. So it's the story of a guy who uh, has to get up the courage to get on that ship. Mm -hmm. Was it good? Yeah, it's okay. It it took a while to get... uh, It took like halfway... Seems like you were... Took about halfway in to get me... Yeah, that's too long. Yeah, but I, that's too I far did. In. So, Although I guess that's better than getting halfway in and being like, right. no, this is never going to pick up. Every, that's always a tough decision to yeah. make. You know, you're like 200 pages into a book. You hate it. Yep. Do you, you're never going to get your time back, yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah. So, I've had to force pillars myself. of the earth. Exactly. <laughs> I've had to force myself to just be like, no, put it down. You hate it. Yeah. So, Well, every, every other chapter of this book was a, uh, like, Every other chapter was him in the past on Gateway, mm-hmm. building up the courage. Um, and then every other chapter was him seeing a robotic psychologist Ooh. about his time there. Okay. Um, so it, it changed the setting enough. Uh, okay. It was good. The uh, therapy sessions were, uh, they were, they were actually like entertaining because of uh, the robot's response and the main <laughs> character's uh, basic... Uh, desire not to share anything at all. Okay. So it was almost a game of cat and mouse. Psychological cat and mouse. Yeah. So the best kind. 
Yeah. And then I also read uh, this book called Spawn. Oh, boy. Volume 1. Spawn uh, mm-hmm. issue one by Todd McFarlane originally came out in May 1992. Oh boy! And let me tell you, that is a tough it read. feels like a comic that came out in May 1992. <laughs> so uh, the first volume, it's just weird because like everybody was so everybody thought Spawn was so cool back then. Yeah, and like you read it, and he's really weak. He's just constantly being beat <laughs> up by other things, and. He, the only thing he's like ever strong against is just normal people. Like I know, I'll kill this murderer. So just like a strong guy. Yeah, it's like, okay. well, congrats, Spawn, you killed this murderer. All but right. Now these demons are just beating the crud out of you all the time. And like, I don't mean like he's in a fight. They just like steamroll over him. Uh huh. It's it's embarrassing for Spawn. That sounds like it. So poor Spawn. The art is fine because it's Todd McFarlane. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Top of his game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I. I checked out the first three volumes, so I guess I'll at least read the next one. You're gonna go with I it. I gotta see if like if like the first volume like the first storyline through, I think, mm-hmm. to see how it really goes. Maybe Spawns like doesn't know about his powers back then. Maybe he doesn't. This series is almost at three hundred issues. Wow. It has it it has never been rebooted. It's never like cancelled. Wow. So you gotta give Todd McFarlane that. You know, uh fun fact about Todd McFarlane. Tell me. Uh, he bought Mark McGuire's uh, home run record ball okay. for $3 million. Wow. Yeah. So course, Spawn's treated him well. Yeah. Of I course, you know, is, now that ball saying. is like worthless because the record's been beaten a few times. Yeah. So, but that was, that's Todd McFarlane. And his place in history. Yeah. Boy, for a really uh, Spawn-heavy upfront to this episode, yeah. I guess we should have mentioned early on that we're going to be talking about some of uh, the best books we've read by women. <laughs> so some some of that's our true. favorites. We forgot to mention that. Yeah. Because it's March, and it's Women's History Women's Month? Women's History Month. That's okay. right. Yeah, we got some great displays here in the library and uh, yeah. some different programming to go with it. We're going to be in the library. We're going, that's true. We're going to be welcoming uh, a pretty prolific uh, and well-regarded female author at the end of this month with Julia Spencer Fleming coming that's on true. the 31st to close down yeah. Women's History Month till next year. I mean, you can always celebrate the history of women, but yeah. that's the end of the month is all I'm saying. Uh-huh. So we're going we're gonna to dig into that a little later, but... Um, is that it for you, bookwise? I guess I could talk more about Spawn, but now that you've mentioned no. women's history, it feels I think the people don't not as apropos. Yeah. All right, so um, <laughs> I finished a few things. That was my. Did you hear my paper rustling? We all did. It was old school. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I finished a couple of graphic novels: Iron Man Volume Eleven, The Future, at the end of that run. <laughs> Iron Man, get out of the seventies, man. Not, not a big fan. Now of Now we're all talking about Spawn. I read the new Suicide Squad Volume One from the Rebirth era. Oh yeah, I, I checked that. that out. Yep. Uh, then I read a poetry collection by Naomi Shihab Nye called "Hugging the Jukebox." It was pretty good. So she's probably most well known for her um, YA stuff. I think we have Habibi and a few other things like that. But this is one of her early uh, poetry collections, and it was good. I always find with ho- poetry. Um, you know, some of them land just right, and a lot of them I'm like, well, I don't really get what that was about, yeah. or like, that doesn't really speak to me. But a couple in this collection, including the title poem, I thought were, were really moving. So, Poetry is your uh, fey ray. What does that mean? Because you're King Kong, and you're, you're kind oh. of like a monster. Oh, okay. And people are like, ugh. Uh-huh. But then you, you hear poetry, yeah, and you're the, like, the, me- the metaphor doesn't really work. No. But, yep. Uh, so I finished Fine. that. Poetry is your Brie Larson. I finished uh, Cheap Shot by Ace Atkins. This is a Spencer book not written by Robert Parker. Yeah, so, you were talking about this last time. This was yeah. the first, because uh, you've read the Appaloosa series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert not. But with it. And you don't like no. that. No, no, no. And that's the only other one you've read? Yes. Uh, Robert B. Parker, yeah, Robert, but not. Right. 
So this is the first time I, I checked out Spencer. I haven't read any of the Jesse Stones by Michael Brandman or uh, Reed Colvin Farrell. But okay. um, I, I have good feelings about it was, this. It was a lot better than the Robert Knott oh, stuff. Okay. Like it did sort of retain a little bit of the Parker feel, but it feels overwritten. Yeah. You know, I mean, so so yeah. much more. Like it doesn't have that crisp, uh, like dynamic yeah. thing that Parker does. And it was really needed in this one because that was my other problem. The the plot of this was like an NFL player. Uh, from the New England Patriots, <gasps> his son was kidnapped. What? And so Spencer is like looking for the son, uh-huh. and it's like you know a week or more where this hey, go kid, bats. where this kid is like missing, right? And it's just like you can't be this laid back about like a kid who's been missing for over a week mm-hmm. because like hey, he's probably dead, right? You know, sure. So it just. I don't know. I mean, I thought like tonally it just kind of missed because there wasn't much urgency and it made it even more apparent that it just wasn't I think we because all of that. So want to know uh how did the Pats do that season? They were good. Great. Yeah, they were they were good. So <laughs> I wouldn't uh, I'm never going to read another Robert Knott, but I I wouldn't be opposed to checking out another uh, Ace Hatkins Spencer. Okay. Like it was it was good enough. But I have lots of Robert Parker Spencers to read yet before I have to rely mm-hmm. on old Ace Hatkins. Yeah. Um not sure he's the right call yeah. to do this. I wonder what writer they're going to... When Ace Atkins dies, yeah. they're going to take over. I don't know. They have already changed the Jesse Stone writer, so maybe they're continuing mm. to tweak it. But James anyway, Patterson's so Robert B. Parker, <laughs> yeah. written by... Right. Uh, so that's what I'm finished. I'm currently reading uh, two books that I really like. Oh. I'm like equally into these books. So I picked up The Keeper of Lost Causes by UC Adler Olson, which is what we're doing for Contemporary Classics, the nice. first of the Department Q series, and I'm loving it. Okay. It's so good. I'm listening to it on audio, uh-huh. and it's a great... The reader's really great, and he does... I can't even... I feel like this is set in Denmark, but maybe that's not right. But he, the reader is doing all the accents, and so it's just like... It's very immersive, so mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that. I think the book club is really going to like it. It's kind of a change of pace from the things we've been doing in contemporary classics. Uh, a welcome change of pace, I think. I, I've been in kind of a book club uh, drought in which I've suffered through the books and haven't really enjoyed them, so uh, I'm glad that I'm enjoying this. So Okay. Uh, and then I'm reading Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty, author of, do you remember? Because you said the name a hundred times. Truly Madly Guilty. All right. Yeah. And... Um, when I was reading this book, one character is talking about when he first met his wife and how he fell truly, madly, deeply. So almost, I guess almost. I guess it's a phrase yeah. that she likes. Um, but are you the reading, book is good. Are you reading this because of the HBO show that's on right now? No, I no, I just kind of picked it up. Wow. and thought it looked interesting, but there is an HBO show. Yeah, so yes. I don't know how. I think it's only like three episodes in. Yeah, I think it's and I think it's a Nicole not Kidman, a, uh, Reese Witherspoon, and I can never say her first name. Oh, Shalane yeah, Woodley. Woodley. Yeah. Late of the Divergent series. Yes, yeah. The <laughs> she late out, Divergent she series. She outlasted the yeah. Divergent series. Yeah. So anyway, both of Hold those on. are Hold really on. The Divergent series is getting a TV series, so we don't know that yet. That's true. That series could go for years. Yeah, Shalane Woodley might be out now. Numbers. How is that Carve the Mark, the new Veronica Roth book? I didn't read it. But I mean, is it checking out? Yeah. People? Okay. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, so Shalane saw... Woodley should call her agent right now. She should, yeah. While we're while we're talking page to screen, I saw a couple page to screen adaptations. The one I did not know was a page to screen adaptation until it said based on the graphic novel. But I took my son to see Rock Dog, starring Luke uh, Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard pretty bad things about this. It was friend. you know like it was it was an hour and twenty minutes. We ate popcorn. Uh-huh. There I was, heard he never plays. There was some music. I heard he never plays 
like music the dog there's himself. Not, yeah there's not tons of of the dog playing music so that's confusing it was it was enjoyable enough okay. and that's you know luke wilson i'll take it yeah and yeah. jk simmons who like right. needs to pump the brakes because he is in literally every movie that's true. every movie yeah so i guess he knows what he's doing he's probably like suck it all up while this gravy train's chugging yeah. away you know <laughs> <laughs> uh on a, on a better one though, I I saw Fences, yeah, based on the play by August Wilson, and actually didn't realize that August Wilson wrote this screenplay uh, prior to his death in two thousand five. How would he have written it post his death, Nick? Well, I mean, it's just you know that was twelve <laughs> years ago, so like been, the screenplay's been around. Okay. I was just surprised when it said screenplay by August Wilson because I was like, well, he's dead, uh-huh. but I guess they've just had it kicking around yeah. for a decade and a half. I mean, they probably tweaked it. Yeah. I also didn't realize that. Um, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis were in the Broadway revival oh, really? together. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't know that. And somehow I feel like I missed that Denzel Washington directed it. Yeah, I, I feel like I had told you all of this. Maybe you did. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, that's what I because when uh, the awards were announced, I had said something like, oh, "I'm surprised Denzel didn't get nominated for uh, best director." I think it was he up for definitely best, it was up for best uh, picture. It's always weird to me that something can be best picture, have a best didn't, actor and didn't best actor. La La Land win best director? Maybe. I think it did. Yeah. I would have given it. I'm shocked he wasn't nominated because yeah. especially because it's based on a play, you know, it has that yeah. the, you know, the pacing is is really urgent and quick and it's mm. just it's really easy for it to be boring or fall flat. And I thought he did a great job. Both of them, him and yeah. Viola Davis did a Don't great worry, job. Don't worry, I've seen enough of your plays to know acting that, wise uh, <laughs> yes. that can fall flat. But I thought that the I thought the directing was actually very noticeable and how nice. how good and consistent it was. So I'm disappointed. Are you going to uh, read the script and then direct it? Uh, no, probably not. Okay. But uh, I am going to read the script because I, I was really interested in the play. Uh, I also saw Moana, which not, I which right? I really oh, liked. Tell me about that. Well, I'm telling you right now. Okay. Yeah, we were in the store and I I read my son one Moana book like weeks ago uh-huh. and we were in the store and we kept passing things and he was like Moana Moana yeah and then we went by the uh, Disney the, has his number yeah we went by the DVDs which were right at his height and we stopped for a minute and he like grabbed it and was like Moana so I was like <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> I guess we're gonna watch Moana did he like Moana he did nice. yeah I think my wife and I liked it more than him yeah but uh, I really liked it great I thought it was very good yeah I wanted a little more music. Yeah, the music I, is the best part. Yeah, I I didn't love I could, Moana as like a movie in general. Well, like see, I liked I did. it. I did. I thought it was strong. Yeah, I guess I liked it, and I liked it more than like Frozen. I think. Yes, you know? but I feel like for me, what I've liked most about it is the soundtrack. Yeah. See, I could have used like the rock song is great. You're welcome. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. I wish that we had one more like fun song. You know, there was a lot of like grand stuff. But I, I would have liked one more just like fun kicking like around. I the way. Kind of song. That's a pretty good one. You know. Yeah. We don't have to talk. Anyway, <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie. Okay. So someday when you can buy it online and we can get it on yeah, the library. Yeah, okay. I just need to go to the I'll store. Yeah, I guess you do. So pretty uh, pretty eventful weekend for me, I guess. Yeah, for you. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't puking or whatever you were doing. Oh, yeah. So All right. I was, that was fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it for what I've been reading. Got a stack of things that I want to read. Oh, boy. As always. But... You know, what are you going to do? I don't know. Read it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, let's talk book news. Yeah. What do we have? What can I go to the store and get my little hands on right now today, this very day? Not too much. Really? But uh, a couple of prolific authors. So these are the books that are coming out March 21st, 2017. Tuesday's a weird day for new books to drop. It's when movies come out. Is it? Yeah. DVDs. Yes. Mean. Okay. So 
you would think books would want a different day. Yeah. They don't want to compete with the yeah, gotta hog it. big and, Blu-ray. And, and CDs are Fridays now, right? Do I don't know. Do the kids CDs still buy come CDs? Out whenever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, let's see. So we have If Not For You by Debbie McCumber. Oh. Debbie McCumber, back at it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. George Harrison has a song called If Not For You. Oh, I wonder if it's based on that. Does he have a song called <laughs> Debbie McCumber? No, he doesn't. Okay. No. Uh, J.A. Jance, man overboard. Not a Muppet. Right. J.A. Jance is not a Muppet, folks. Right. Okay. Janice is a Muppet. Janice the Muppet is a Muppet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Man overboard, an Allie Reynolds novel. Yep. Okay. I haven't read this series, so I can't. Yeah. Have you read any J.A. Jance? No, I was going to put one on the book club, and they you need just to give her a J.A. Chance. Didn't seem. I, I think I've kind of right. floated it to the book club, and they were like, eh. Yeah. So. All right. Well, maybe uh, Murder on the Serpentine will entice them. Sounds a little fun. A Charlotte and Thomas Pitt novel by Ann Perry. Oof, no. You don't like Ann Perry. We read one Ann Perry book for book club. I wasn't a fan. Some, A couple of them love it. Mm-hmm. It was a split decision. It was kind of okay. half and half. Love it or hate it. Okay. Well, the stakes have never been greater in the history of her best-selling Victorian mystery series. Wow, high stakes. Yeah. Uh, what that, about, that'll oh, move some books. We have The Collapsing Empire by John Scalzi. Is this part of the Old Man's War series? Uh, I don't think so. Let's see. Our universe is ruled by physics. Hard to argue. Faster than light travel is impossible until the discovery of the flow, an extra-dimensional field available at certain points in space-time, which can take us to other planets around other stars. On board... Uh, the flow is eternal, but it is not static. Okay, just tell me what this book's about. <laughs> a scientist, a starship captain, and an empress of the interdependency must race against time to discover what, if anything, can be salvaged from an interstellar empire on the brink of collapse. Oh, first novel of a new space opera. There you go. So it's brand Maybe new. Maybe I'll read it then. Uh, yeah. Scalzi, I think, I've only read two books by John Scalzi. Uh, Old Man's War, which I liked but didn't love, mm. and Red Shirts, which I liked up to the halfway point, and then I just wanted it to end, or I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I wanted either one of those things to happen. Yeah. Luckily, the book just ended. I, I have never read Scalzi. I, I know we have a lot in our sci-fi section, and they do go out pretty quickly. So he, I think he's, he's a popular, popular. like... It's, I think the thing about Scalzi is that he is... He's consistent in terms of, like, his writing style and putting material out there, but he has a lot of variety in what he writes in the sci-fi genre. Okay. He's not like a... You know, it's not like an Honor Harrington where, like, maybe the author has this one series and that's all he's going to write for the rest of his life. Like, Scalzi just keeps going back huh. and forth and doing different things. Okay. Um, well, this book got a five-star rating from a fellow librarian of mine. The Collapsing Empire? Yeah. All right. She must have got an advanced copy. Uh, there's another book he had written a few years ago called Lockin that, I mean, I've been meaning to read as well. Hmm. And he also uh, wrote this book called uh, Fuzzy Nation? I don't, I can't remember. Okay. But... What was interesting about that one is that it was almost like it was like a remake or a reboot of how like of the story. Like the book already existed. It was called like Fuzzy World or I can't remember. Okay. I'm doing a terrible job at relating. Fuzzy to World. It. But there was this book uh, called Fuzzy Something, and John Scalzi then just took the book and rewrote it as a different story, but with like the same world and everything. Mm-hmm. So it was like a director coming out and being like now i'm making singing in the rain <laughs> so you want to you want to reboot singing in the rain you and me sure yeah All right speaking of did you see that article i posted while i was sick i thought it was a fever dream for a second about warner brothers contemplating uh, rebooting the matrix i did see that Ugh. i then later no. saw somebody said it's not a reboot it's a sequel 
Is that better? Words. I don't think that's... It's not better. No. We don't need any more. No. We just need the one Matrix movie. We've yeah. talked about this on this we podcast have, before. Yeah. It's a terrible there's no, idea. There's no place for any Matrix sequels, so luckily there are none. Yeah. It's just the one movie. Uh, and the Animatrix. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dead Man Switch by Matthew Quirk. I think I clicked on this because I thought it was Matthew Quick. Ah. But it's not. Matthew Quirk. Yeah. Though Dead Man Switch could be a Matthew Quick title. It could be, yeah. Oh, I've been confused with the Dead Man, and now I'm learning what it's uh, like to live. Is it about hopeless outcasts finding strength with each other? No, it's a deadly fall of of a rugged sketch of California coast. Hmm. What? Uh, You're not winning me over with this. All right. Uh, Dead Man Sketch delivers nonstop twists, turns, and action and high-stakes thriller about what happens when the flight abroad follows our... Covert operatives home and there. <laughs> You're so bored it's, just yeah. reading this. I don't think it's sorry. Although Matthew that's Quirk. the second thing that's uh, high stakes. So that's a lot true. Of, a lot of high stakes today. Yeah. All right. Mississippi Blood, a novel by Greg Isles. Ills? Oh, Greg Isles. Yeah, yeah. Greg Isles. Yeah. He's oh. a, he's a big mover here. We we get a lot of his books. Uh, this is the final installment in his uh, Natchez. I haven't read them. The Chess Burning Trilogy. That sounds right. So, yeah. Uh, Actually, I picked up one. It looked really interesting to me, and then I realized mm-hmm. it was the second one I had, so I put it uh, down. I never went back. Hey. Ursula, who works here, big uh-huh. Greg Isles fan. She loves these. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, good news. It's going to be printed in Deckle Edge. Hey. We love Deckle Edge. We here. sure do. We don't know who he is. Yeah, but we but love we're him. we're big fans of Deckle Edge. We definitely Edge. love him. Uh, Vicious Circle, a Joe Pickett novel by C.J. Box. Yes. He's he's all kinds of popular here, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah he is. That was the f- first, technically the first Page Turner book that we did was the first Joe Pickett book. I thought it was Andromeda season. Strain. Well, that was that was before we had official book clubs. That uh, Andromeda Strain was the first book club I ever did here, and then after that, we decided let's make two. So, mm-hmm. CJ Box was like this this launching yeah. point for Page Turner. So okay. technically, Andromeda a case could be made for both. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's it. All Just right. a little library history CJ for you. CJ Box, new book, Joe Pickett. Uh, Randy Wayne White. That's oh, tough. That's yeah. hard to say. Uh, he has a uh, new... This is book 20 of 20. Billy, Did you say Billy Ray Cyrus? No. Oh, I was taking a drink. This is uh, book 20 in his Doc 4 series. This is called Mangrove Lightning. Wait, about the Billy Ray Cyrus PAX TV show Doc? Yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the ghost. I guess of, everything's getting a reboot now, huh? And the ghost of a 1925 multiple murder stock, Doc Ford, in an electrifying new novel. Ooh. Who goes there? <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I love it. Uh, hey, man. Yeah. Christ- Christmas comes early here at uh, All the Book Show. Really? Because we've got Bound Together, a Sea Haven novel. By Christine Feehan. Oh, yes. For five years, Victor Prankinski. Yeah. Praninsky. Sure. Has put his life on hold in order to take down the world's most feared motorcycle club from the inside. <laughs> but carrying out the insane oh, violence man. and seeing the club's exploration. Uh, insane is her word, not ours. Yeah. We're not. Yeah, this insane violence and seeing the club's uh, exploitation of the innocent has brought his traumatic past roaring back. Wow. The only there's only one cure to see his wife he left behind, and to turn into a tiger. Blythe Daniels thought she'd never see Victor again after he murdered her stepfather oh and gosh. left without a word. Wow, Victor! She rebuilt her life without him, becoming a personal trainer and a physical therapist. Wow, becomes strong enough for others to lean on. Yeah, but when Victor comes well, back hey, to what see Haven, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Well, Victor has come back to Sea Haven. He'll make Blythe question everything she thought she knew about good and evil and the dark desires of the heart. Oh, boy. 
bound together. I love it. Very sexy. Yeah, apparently. Uh, also, uh, for those out there, I don't. I wonder how many people are excited who are listening to this right now. But the new Mass Effect game, Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, has a prequel book series, Nexus Uprising. We have a few like video game prequel books in our collection. Oh, do we? We've got some StarCraft books. We've got some Assassin's Creed books. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we've we got, do. Uh, Batman Rise of Sinzu. Yeah, novelization the of the Batman Rise of Sinzu GameCube game. Yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it. This is by the Mass Effect book for anyone wondering. Is by Jason M. Oh, Howe none and Casey Alexander. None of those really excited me though. Any of those books? No. You're not a Randy Wayne right? No. White. No. I'm not a Billy Ray Cyrus fan either. So not much <laughs> okay. there. All right. Well, let's talk. Sorry, let's man. let's look to the future. See if anything else is yeah coming down the pike for us. Do you us have here. anything that's like? Actually, I think you have some on the bestsellers list, so we'll wait till then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk large print. If you're a large print fan, we do get a regular influx of large print books for all of your large print needs. The Innkeeper's Sister, a romance novel. Welcome to Honey... This is by Linda Goodnight. What a great name. Linda Goodnight? That's a classic <laughs> romance a John, novel writer. I was going to say that's a James Bond name. Oh, yeah. Mary Goodnight from... Uh, what is that? Man of the Golden Gun. That is. Yeah. Oh, Goodnight. Boy. Welcome to Honey Ridge, Tennessee, where it's Southern hospitality and sweet peach tea, reckon. <laughs> Beckon, sorry. Yeah. I just assumed. <laughs> yeah, they reckon as well. Well, I reckon. <laughs> this sweet peach tea reckons you're thirsty. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Honey Ridge, Tennessee, where Southern <laughs> hospitality and sweet peach tea, Beckon, and where long buried secrets lead to some startling realizations. I reckon. Yep. I reckon it beckons. <laughs> I love the, this is my favorite thing about the cozy mystery. Do you know what it is? Can you guess? Uh, it's how warm you feel inside your quilt? No, it's the puns. Oh, okay. The title puns. Like, I once bought a book for this library based solely on the fact that it was called Scam Chowder. <laughs> and had a big picture of clam chowder on the yeah. front. Well, the only reason I how told you... How do you not buy that? The only reason I it's told impossible. you... To get a specific, uh romance novel was because it was called some like it's scott some like it's scott and it proved to be popular <laughs> i know so oh my gosh we've got uh anyway so say the other one it's it's what scam chowder scam chowder yeah, yeah. scam chowder yeah That's in the good. in the grand tradition of scam chowder and some like it's scott <laughs> kale to the queen oh boy <laughs> although i mean shouldn't it be kale to the chief Seems like they kind of wasted that one. Do you, you say you held the? Do you queen. say yeah, but held the queen? All right, I think so. I, I also say God save the queen. That you yeah. could say cod. Yes, cod oh save the queen. <laughs> oh man, Nell Hampton, if you're listening, feel free to use that title. We don't we don't want a penny. I don't. Yeah, I, I just want to see book. that book. Yeah. What is it? Say it one more time. Cod save cod the queen. Cod save the queen. That is great. But right now you're going to have to deal with kale to the queen, <laughs> a Kensington Palace chef mystery. You're going to get another ground floor, buddy, because this is book one. Isn't cod difficult book to... One. You know what? No. There's a certain... F- flounder. Isn't flounder. that a fish that's hard to, like, cook? Oh, could be. I could ask Chef Carrie Ann Cole, because she's <laughs> about to embark on the adventure of a lifetime, an assignment as the new personal chef to the royal family at Kensington Palace. But no sooner has Carrie Ann touched down across the pond and donned her apron than a dead body crops up beneath the royal uh, kale beds. Yeah. What a way to go. Yeah. Surrounded well, by kale. Yeah, surrounded by superfood. It is a superfood. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll Perhaps save her. Perhaps if she had eaten some of that, she wouldn't maybe have Maybe it will save her. Yeah. Oh, the king of Christmas. Not Johnny Mathis. I know what you're thinking, but it's not Johnny Mathis. It's the most. Never mind. Uh, Richard Paul Evans. <laughs> okay. Author of such hits as The Mistletoe Promise. Yeah. And other such Christmas yeah. tales. Yeah. Uh, Going to come out and just do a regular old year-round 
Could be October. Could be September. We don't know. Okay. The Broken Road, All book right. one in a new Broken Road series yeah. by Richard Paul Evans. A Broken Long Man. and Broken Road. A Twist of Fate. A Second Chance. From the number one New York Times bestselling author of The Mistletoe Promise and The Walk comes the first novel in a riveting new trilogy that explores the tantalizing question, what if you could start over mm-hmm. as a golden retriever? Really? I made the last part up. It's just okay. what if you could start over. But yeah. I felt like it needed spicing up. Yeah. Did what the I problem say make with, you want to read it more? Well, I thought it would be cool to be a golden retriever yeah. for like 12 years and then come yeah. back as something else. But then I was like, being a golden retriever, the your life is so dependent on people. Yeah. Like, I just, it'd be rough. Yeah. Because, like, you might end up in a crappy situation. Sure. So, I don't want that. Okay. I want a fun situation. Like a parrot. No, I don't. What? You don't want to be a parrot? No, I'd be a golden retriever, but oh, I would want to be, good, like, in a loving home. What if you were just, like, a loose wild? What if it was a life after people situation and you were just a golden retriever? Oh, uh, well, I, I don't think a golden retriever would last long because they got the hip issues. I oh, think boy. stronger, more powerful. This is getting you. depressing. Sorry. Which probably is in line with Richard Paul Evans. Yeah, so right. it's probably going to get yeah. sad. Uh, can I, I just know, come back I know as you're a gonna, I know you're life this. after people? Yes, you can. Sweet. This is uh, your author crush. She's back with a new novel, you know? You know who it is? I, I think I know, but I don't want to say. Say it. Is it Heather Graham? It is Heather Graham. Heather Graham, Dying Breath. This is her 21st book in when the does this come out? Crew of Hunters series, uh, June. Oh, this is in large print. No, it's standard print. Oh. Yep. She has, uh, she has a book coming out next week. I know. It's crazy. And she doesn't even have a co-author. She's just like, boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Yeah. Uh, well, her movie career hasn't taken off as much anymore. different Heather Graham. Oh, right. Not we're, the Heather Graham from right. Scrubs. We're talking about Heather Graham, the, the creator of the Graham Cracker. No. That's, okay. that's pronounced Heather Graham, <laughs> okay. and that's a man. Uh, oh, boy. But this, this tagline, it starts strong. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Buried alive. As a teenager, Vicki Preston survived an attack by a serial killer. That was the first time she saw a ghost. Second ghost book. That's true. Now the city of Boston is being terrorized. Someone is kidnapping <gasps> women and burying them alive. Jeez. Uh, but cruelly leaving a glimmer of hope for the authorities by sending a clue about their location. Ah. Vicky is pulled into the investigation when her name is mentioned in one of the notes. And as a historian, she has the knowledge to help uncover the graves the killer known as the Undertaker is choosing. But she also has another unique lead. The spirit of one of the victims is appearing to her in her dreams. Look. The third act is going to revolve around her being buried alive yeah. and having to get out. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be intense. Yes. But she is going to get out. The stakes have never been higher. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have a current Heather Graham out there right now. Uh-huh. Probably got one in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. She's starting to, she's starting to be, she's the next Daniel Steele. Oh. Uh, finally, this is one that I am very excited about. Okay. So you probably not so much. All right. But I'm excited about this. Okay. Paula Hawkins. Author of the number one New York Times bestselling and global phenomena. Well, way to spoil it. Well, sorry. Phenomena, the girl on the train returns into the water, her addictive new novel of psychological suspense. A single mother turns up dead at the bottom of the river that runs through town. Earlier in the summer, a vulnerable teenage girl met the same fate. They are not the first women lost to these dark waters, but their deaths disturb the river and its history, dredging up secrets long submerged. Beware a calm surface. You never know what lies beneath. Uh, Nope. Not doing it. Starring Harrison Ford. Too depressing. Hmm. Can't okay. do it anymore. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. 
right. So why don't you perk us up with the New York Times bestseller list? Yeah, that will do it. It might. Yeah. It might. All right. Actually, hold on. Do you want to uh, take a phone call right before this? No, thanks. Are you sure? Yeah. I'll edit it out. Oh, you will? Yeah. Because I've heard that before. All right. I just... I I would. Yeah, I I know. I would trust you. You could do whatever you want. I could just say, should I pause this? And you'll be like, no, I'll edit it out later. And then I'll just leave it in. Okay. Okay. Well, it's an option. All All right. right. Hello? Oh, hold on. Yeah, the rash is back. Oh, you better cut this out. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll definitely edit this out. Uh huh. Okay, I'll be right in. That was the doctor about my unsightly rash. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I do not want All our right, listeners let me, uh, to let know me about this. Mark the time. Okay, we're at minute thirty-two. And then, if you could please edit that edit out, because and I'm really trusting minutes. you on this. If I find out that you didn't edit it out, all right. We'll do. Okay, so it's definitely gone. Yes. Okay, so let's just uh, let's reboot. You ready? We're just yeah. gonna start over again. Yeah. Hey, Eric. Yeah. What's on the bestseller list this week? Oh yeah. Let's let's look and not slow anything down. No, let's not. Phone call. All right. Number ten and number nine sold the same amount of uh, books this week on the well, New York Times I, bestseller list. I like list. to see people getting along. A piece of the world by Christina Baker Klein uh, has been here for three weeks and. Been here for 31 weeks at number nine, The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Whitehead. Uh, number eight, The Whistler by John Grisham. That's not going anywhere anytime no. soon. It's got to get out of the way because Camino Island's coming on its heels. Oh, less it's like right. two and a half months. Well, then that that will be. Taken. It's gonna drop. Yeah, number seven, four weeks on the list, Heartbreak Hotel by Jonathan Kellerman has nothing to do with Elvis Presley. Oh, come on. Number six, you don't 17 know. Weeks. You haven't read it. It's called Heartbreak Hotel. Do you really think no one is going to say the word Elvis? Someone's going to say it. Odd Thomas talked to a ghost of Elvis <laughs> in the Dean Koontz series, Odd Thomas. <laughs> and Elvis Presley has that famous song, Odd Thomas. Yeah, he's like, oh, Yo, come no, on now. Thomas. I'm so odd. And I'm Thomas. <laughs> yep. Uh, number, cool. s- <laughs> number six, 17 weeks, A Gentleman in Moscow a gentleman. by Armour Towels. In my- Arm, arm and towels. Yeah, arm of armful of towels. Yeah, army hammer. Yeah, towels. Uh, number five, new this week. Hey, exit west. I brought this up on book news last <laughs> By week. By Snagglepuss. <laughs> exit stage west even. Lovers in a city yeah. overwhelmed with violence hear about mysterious doors that will carry them into an alien and uncertain future. This is the story that's about uh, alien uncertain even. <laughs> This is the story about immigration. Oh, by well. Hosted Hamid. Uh, Snagglepuss jokes withdrawn. <laughs> okay. Number, <laughs> Number four. Four weeks on the list. Lincoln and the Bardo mm-hmm. uh, by George Saunders. Remember, he's visiting the grave of his recently deceased young son. Yep. In 1862, Lincoln encounters a cemetery full of ghosts. Who do you think the ghosts are? Because it's in 1862. I think one of them is Funky Phantom, even. He used the same voice for yeah. Funky Phantom okay. and Snagglepuss. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't... In 1862, yeah. there aren't any, like... Like, if I went to a cemetery right now, and I had a co- cemetery full of ghosts, yeah. like, who knows what the, the ghosts could be like? Bowie. Michael Crichton, David Bowie. Yeah. Uh... Well, maybe ghosts aren't bound by the same kind of like rules as we are. So these are like future ghosts. Maybe it could be David Bowie, and Lincoln wouldn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, it's <laughs> President Lincoln, man. <laughs> Ground Patrol to President Lincoln. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Write that book. Okay, Most people don't hold know. On. But that's David the, Bowie. That's and the sequel to Time Fox. Abraham Lincoln had a quick meet in yeah. a diner. Yeah. What they discussed was unknown. 
It's it's almost but as weird as that David Bowie Bing Crosby thing that happened. Yeah, well, that's just a song. It's they odd were, though. But it's they were certainly neighbors. odd. They were neighbors in that song. Oh, okay. David Bowie just uh, moved next door. Just showed up. Yeah, there's the whole like intro oh, where he uh, he shows up. He's like, oh, uh, what what do you play? He's like, yeah. mostly modern music. Do you like modern music? And uh, Bing Crosby like, oh, I adore it. <laughs> <laughs> so bubble bubble. Yeah, he's like, oh, is that a piano? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> number three, Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman, a there retelling of Norse folklore. There it is. Yep. Uh, one time, Thor was hungry, and so he ordered a pizza, but the pizza had anchovies on it, and he realized Loki got him again. <laughs> That's Neil a, Gaiman. Yep. <laughs> That's some retelling of yep. Norse mythology. Yeah, it was. Uh, number two, Silence, Fallen. Yeah. And it uh, can't get up. Yeah. Because <laughs> of your 90s spawn stuff. I just got the 90s <laughs> stuck in my head. Sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, Eric. Yeah. Where's the beef? <laughs> okay, that's... All of these are the 80s. <laughs> oh, None boy. I just, I've lost control. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up yep. from this joke. Yep. Soon you're going to be quoting uh, what you're talking about, Willis. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah that, again, 80s, though. I love though. it. Yeah, yeah. So, nine, like, 90s would be full house. Oh, yeah, like, cut it out. Yeah. I hope the world... Uh, like you didn't have to do the, the voice. The puppet? Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay. Uh, How rude. Speaking of, though... Yeah. You watched some Fuller House. We've already discussed this. On air? Yes, we have. Oh. Last week. Okay. Keep going. Uh, Silence Fallen by Patricia Briggs, a shapeshifter... Mercy Thompson finds herself oh. in the clutches of the world's most powerful vampire. These books always look exciting. I've never read any. Wait, this is on the bestseller list? Yeah. Wow. Number two. That's surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be a flash in the plan, but still, pan, but good for you. Mm. I read one of the graphic novels, and I liked it. It's a kooky world. Oh, yeah. We have one in our collection? Yeah, we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, who do you think it is? James Patterson? No. Oh. Dangerous Games by Danielle Steele. Oh. A television correspondent investigates damning allegations against the vice president of the United States <gasps> of America. These United States? These United States. Wow. Yeah. Gripping. It is gripping. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. speaking of Danielle Steele, okay. I, think, I think she's on your list. I think she's one of the top. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about... Oh, on the list. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going to... As, as we mentioned earlier, March is Women's History Month. So we've been doing some things in the library to uh, prop that up and, and show different contributions. A lot, of, a lot of good book displays and things. So Nick and I will be doing a reenactment of all of history in, regarding women. Yes. I, I will play the character of Louisa May Alcott. Yeah. Pretending, and, pretending to be a man writing sci-fi yeah. just so it'll get published. And I will be the sun rising and setting on the woman's life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, places. So, rising, rising. You know, I know, rising, I know this is a joke, rising. but I actually want to just pause and just really get the kinks out of this and then do it <laughs> okay. for our listeners. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're going to talk about some of our favorite books by women. And this is, this is not an attempt for us to tell you these are the greatest women authors of all time, but just mm-hmm. books that we've read by women yeah. that we like. Yeah. And to start off with, uh, it's confession time. Are you ready? Y- yes. Okay. I, I have noticed over the years that I have a little bit of a bias when it comes to, like, fiction. I Go on! I, well, yes. I mean, uh, I, I would I found myself, like, sort of being like, I'd pick it up, I would flip through, and it'd be like, oh, it's a female protagonist. No, nah, no thanks. And I wouldn't really, like, get any farther than that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, like, I'm not going to be able to relate to this as well because it's a female 
protagonist mm-hmm. and even a little bit like i would be much more likely to pick up a book by a man rather mm-hmm. than a woman and like for no particular reason but i just it's something that i've sort of noticed over the years and i don't i don't really do that anymore but i did for a long time mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't know if like i feel like maybe joyce carol oates and others kind of i just became really interested in those sorts of things and it kind of knocked that door down for me have you ever noticed any kind of have you ever done that uh no, though mm-hmm. I mean, no, not. I guess I just read what looks whatever good. you want. Um, yeah. I think, unfortunately, uh, the subjects I like, sci-fi mm-hmm. slash fantasy, uh, has been historically unfriendly to female authors, and it's only in the past like decade or so that like uh, minorities have been able to like really become prominent mm. in. The world of sci-fi. That's interesting because when I was looking back, mine, I thought like a lot, a lot of the female authors that I've liked over the years have been uh, in genre fiction, mm-hmm. like especially you know like you know I like Star Trek. I don't know if you knew that, but Some Star Trek novels, Star yeah. Wars novels, a lot of those are written by women. DC Fontana, Diane Duane, Christy Golden, Vonda McIntyre, uh, lots of others. I, I found a lot of my yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of my like favorites in in the like Trek or Star Wars series are written by women. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've I've come across that quite a lot. I guess I don't read a lot of like mainstream sci-fi, which yeah. I suppose is maybe uh, um, less common that, the, that those are women writers. No, not so much now. Yeah. Um, but I think just certainly when we look at past like Hugo winners, it's like yeah, man, man, there man, are man, man, there man. are uh, female winners of the Hugo Awards, but uh-huh. uh, they're not as like it doesn't really. I feel like it doesn't get into prominence until like the '80s, mm-hmm. and then you don't really start expecting it until like the 2000s yeah well the like ancillary justice series and all that right. i mean that's um but i, I think a big part of that is because the hugo awards are written or voted by the fans and i think the readership mm. is just wanted predominantly more. Yeah. um and they also do the nominations uh, i had something i was going to say about that you said sci-fi star trek got nothing oh okay. young adults uh yes. i read i i the reason i can say that is because i read a lot of young adult now for the thing, and yeah, like you do. that's predominantly, uh, maybe not predominantly. I shouldn't say no, that because I, I don't know. know the stats. But it seems like you know when you, you're going to list like prolific YA authors, like I feel yeah. like I could say John Green, and I don't know that I could come up with another like prolific male young adult author. Yeah, well, so, that's not the topic, so I won't try to no, I know, figure out I mean, the. Uh, you know, that's uh, <clears throat> that's a, a lot. A lot on my list: yeah. Suzanne Collins, Candid Bushnell, uh, Gwenda Bond, Holly Black, J.K. Rowling, Jean Dufra, Cass Morgan. Oh, right. A you, lot of. I thought you promised at the beginning of this podcast we're not going to mention J.K. Rowling. Gonna, I don't. I don't think we can actually avoid talking about J.K. Rowling. <sighs> okay, that's fine. So, I mean, she's one of the. That's b- fine. She's one of the biggest authors of the last, I don't know, two yeah. decades. Would you say? I guess. I mean, those books, gangbusters. Yeah. Say what you want about them. They got kids back into reading. I you guess. Know. I know, I know that your your feelings with these are that it it doesn't encourage them to branch out, yeah. right? Don't you feel like uh, yeah, the I, fandom is very. But narrow you know what? I also that. I feel the same way about they're the same. When I, I went to school, that, to there some were, level that's true of any fandom. Yeah, when I went to school, there were people who only it seemed like they only read uh, like the Chronicles of Narnia series. Yeah, and it seems like and or Lord of the Rings. So it kind of seemed like. And there was a group, it seemed like they read Harry Potter, they read Chronicles of Narnia, and that was all they loved. I'm like, guys, this is this is just the surface. You gotta yeah. you gotta peel the orange a little bit. You yeah. gotta get some of that sweet citrusy <laughs> juice inside there. Yeah. I think that is true of any like 
niche. Well, even to go back to Star Trek, for example, yeah. I mean, I read a lot of Star Trek, but it well, hasn't I was, really. I was very much. I haven't like really that. branched off into reading like standard sci-fi because of that. You'd think I would, but I, you know. I was like that as a kid. I mean, I only read like, um, like when I first got into comic books, all I read was X Men. And mm-hmm. if you told me about any other comic, I would say no, thank you. Like I didn't. It took a long time for me to. What let... about X Factor? Well, yes. What about X Factor? X Force. X Force. Anything okay, that was in in the X Men thing, I would okay. read. But it took a long, yeah. Okay. It took a long time for me to be like, maybe I'll see what else is out there. Really? So yeah. Spider Man. Spider Man. Yeah. He, he made his way. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, female author of YA? Yeah, but she doesn't really write YA anymore. Mm. So, mm-hmm. it's I, more more a, a junior, yeah, junior novel. She still, yeah, she say? still writes for uh, uh-huh. junior books. Crenshaw, for example, yeah, might Crenshaw. Be a recent, uh, uh, and who is this again? Uh, well, she goes as uh, Catherine Applegate. Oh, now. sure, author of Crenshaw and yeah. others, and, probably uh, best known for that. <laughs> so I can talk about K. A. Applegate right now. If we want to talk about our favorite you female can, authors, yes. but if I do. It might get emotional because I've been on an emotional run the past couple of weeks. Yes, you have. I've seen some emotional films. I've watched some emotional shows. I don't know if I can do this. I'll fake a phone call if you start. Okay. To, if you start to get weepy. Uh, <laughs> so, um, K. A. Applegate basically raised me. Uh-huh. <laughs> How many uh, Animorph books did she write? For those of you who don't know, the Animorph series we have almost <laughs> all of them yeah. here in the collection. You can check For those them of out. You, who you can relive Eric's childhood. Don't know. Yeah. I do have all of them yes, at you home. Do. Yeah. In my uh, in a beautiful box. Yep. yep. So uh, she fifty-two animorph books. Okay. And that's not counting the multiple chronicle series, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, megamorph series, the alternamorphs. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. No, you can't. You can't disregard so, that. Certainly and, not. Uh, yeah. So a lot. Okay. So I I, I was I just had uh, like a night a couple of weeks ago where I was looking up. I found out there's a animorph. Like fanpedia, ah, so I was on that wow. as well. You should be the managing editor. Yeah, I <laughs> fix all the mistakes. So, uh, as a kid, like, I I had like a rough time keeping friends as a, like a younger kid because okay. in my neighborhood you had to be friends with the people that lived in your apartment complex, but a lot of them were jerks, hmm. and like they were also friends with each other before I got there. Okay, and so I you know, but the animorphs, they were like my friends. Yeah. Um, that that's a little. You'll edit that out, right? No, no, that's oh, staying in. Okay, that's staying so, in. So, but I mean that that speaks to the power of books. That's you know, true. a well-written, well-crafted book, especially but, a long-running series like that, where K- you get to anticipate characters. K. Applegate and wrote this kid series, and like I look at it now, and I like go back and sometimes like open the book, and I'm like, boy, this is young. This yeah. is really fast. But like as a kid, she's that's, writing that's about sort of like ten, twelve, right? Wouldn't you say? When I was reading it? No, but I mean, that's probably the... If we were going to recommend it to someone, you'd say the 10 to 12 Yeah, I think so. Area. Um, when I read it, it, you know, it was about kids dealing with war, yeah. dealing with PTSD. Wow. Dealing with... Uh, Turning into hawks. Yeah, being uh, <laughs> dealing with uh, the family drama and stuff. But also, like, a lot of that, they had to deal with, like, the morals of war, like, how to make hard choices. Like, is it okay? Like, they found out that the Yurks, which were the aliens they were fighting, okay. were weak to a certain uh, food. Uh, I don't want to say because you'll laugh. Okay. It's cinnamon-flavored uh, oatmeal. Why, why would I laugh? That's <laughs> logical. I, so, I, was, I was actually going to guess that, and you cut me off. They, so. they were thinking, like, let's just pour it all into their Yurk pool. But, that, but they had, like, that's kind of like a debate, like, is it okay to use chemical warfare? Right. Uh, and, like, you With have cinnamon these, oatmeal. Yes, okay. in that, right. it's okay. an analogy. Yeah, all right. But yes, like the, the the discussions they have, like deciding whether or not they had these like 
you know, heavy, like, conversations and thoughts. Do you of, think the intent is to bury messages and morals? I mean, do you think that's part of the goal? Of the I don't think series? they're buried at all. Oh, okay. I think they're right out there. Um, I mean, you have the characters of every different, uh, like, you have Jake, who's the leader, and he makes, like, you know, the hard choices and whatnot. But you have Marco, who's, like, a bit more ruthless. And he, he just sees life and choices as, like, A to, a to B. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the fastest po- point, the fastest way between two points is a straight line. So yeah. just just do it. And then you have uh, Cassie, who is, like, a pacifist and doesn't like killing and wants to, like, always find the, you know, morally higher ground route. And then you have Rachel, who's, like, She's a warrior. She'll do what needs to get done. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, she doesn't like this side of her, but it comes very easy to her. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just funny because, like, as a kid, you're reading about kids who are like, yeah, killing's easy for me, but I don't like it. Yeah. So she's the Wolverine of the group. Okay. All right. She's pretty cool. So her battle morph is the grizzly bear. That's exciting. Yeah. Do you still have like have you read Crenshaw, her latest? No, I haven't because somebody said it made them cry. Uh, I, <laughs> well, maybe now's I'm the time. A, I, just, yeah. just lean into it, yeah, my friend. Like, uh-huh. But um, I was. Do like, you think they would hold up? Like, do you think if a kid? If they I don't know. They're very they 90s. Put a shiny new cover on it. And they they talk it a lot better. about Hanson. They talk about <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. They wow. talk about uh, Mission Impossible, the first movie. <laughs> um, there's one where they they go. Uh, somebody invented like a chat space, and so they like, and it's you know it's just aim. It's just a chat room, but like. They're talking about like how to protect themselves. And it's like, did you disable your cookies? I'm like, I'm pretty sure you have to do a little bit more than that, buddy. Probably, yeah. So uh, it, it's dated, definitely, of the in the 90s. Did Did you find that, that reading this series, like, did her writing encourage you to read other things? I mean, did, was it like, was it a gateway into reading more and more stuff, or was it? Uh, I think as it was. I mean, it's kind of like it's superhero stuff. Okay. Like you don't realize it, uh-huh. um, but it is. Well, I mean, I read her other series than Everworld, which okay. is fantasy. So that was like, you know, one of the first uh, fantasy series I had read too as a kid. I think uh, Animorphs was like the seeds of why I would stick with sci-fi. Okay, because the stuff I liked in that, I'm like, oh, I can still kind of find this other places. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. The characters, uh, I will say, the characters have stuck with me, like, my whole life. Okay. So, I think about them, still. So, I'm afraid to, I have thought about going back and rereading the series. Yeah. But I'm uh, I'm afraid to, because I don't want... Yeah, that's to, rough. Yeah. That's rough if you go back and find out it's bad. Maybe if you read it to, like, when you have kids. You yeah. You read it to a kid, and then, you know, but, you like, see it through that lens. I mean, she, she was able to write it in a way that, you know, all the characters felt like friends and you wanted to hang out with them and be an animorph and hang out in the barn. Like, they, they would meet in – Cassie uh, had an animal – her parents ran an animal shelter and it was just in their barn. And they hung out there and you're like, man, I just want to hang out in that barn with the animorphs, talk about uh, school. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. So – Is there a, a modern, like, junior, young adult novelist, novelist <laughs> that, you, that you like right now? Uh, I like Marissa Mayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cinder, the Cinder series. The yeah, lunar, I like her writing Luna style. On that I think is. is the big. Key. She she's a she's a good writer. And, Cinder uh, was strong. I I was very Scarlet reluctant was about reading that book. And yeah, it drew me in. So um, and my wife has good. finished it. She's read all four of them. Oh really? Yeah. Or she's starting winter. Uh, I better double check. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's written an adult series, uh, an adult Star Wars book. But uh, Claudia Gray also oh, is okay. very good. She's yeah. written the. Uh, uh, lost stars she wrote a thousand for star skies wars, but... above you and lost stars okay yeah 
So okay, there's tons. I mean, I don't love Rainbow Rowell's books, mm-hmm. but people do. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Rainbow Rowell for a minute. She's on my list. Is she? Yeah, I thought yes. Eleanor and Park was really good. Yeah, I know you found it sad, right? You found I it. I did. It was just yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. So yeah. Also, well, I, I think no, that... it wasn't just sad. Yeah. It was terrifying because. Uh, Eleanor's relationship with her stepfather mm-hmm. was like a bomb under the table for me the yeah, whole book. Yeah, I just kept waiting true. for that bomb to go off, mm-hmm. and it, it left me uneasy the whole book. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. See, I thought it was very... You're right. I mean, it was. You just never... You didn't even know what direction it was going to go. Right. Like, you knew something terrible was going to happen. You didn't know how. So, yeah. like, to keep up that suspense, I think, is a, is a hallmark of strong writing. Yeah. Um, so, I really enjoyed that. I think probably of her books that I've read, I haven't read Fangirl, uh, right, but I think I liked Landline the best. And you have read Attachments? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. I, everything, but I haven't read Fangirl or Carry On. So you like her writing I style, or I do like her writing okay. style. Yeah, I think she balances. It's it's uh, you know it's kind of it's bouncy and and, and a little pop culture heavy. I right. think you know I mean that's it's a very very modern style mm-hmm. you know. But I think it works. I think that you know that can. That can cheapen it a little bit if it's if it's too much in that direction. But I right. think she strikes a good balance of like the characters being realistic without being characters, you know. And I think that um, well, I think the relationship struggle and in, in landline between um, uh, can't even remember their names now. Georgie is the woman's name, but her and her husband like they have this divide and they're separate. And and just the the way she works through that and deals with it, I think uh, even with the fantastical elements of the plot it was still very grounded and like true to life the way their relationship worked. And, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. So yeah, I think she's a strong writer. Uh, that's <laughs> I've read so far. I've read three of her books and they've all been in the context of a book club in different you situations. Find so a way I got to, I gotta fangirl. work in fangirl yeah. somehow. I think she's doing a graphic novel right now. Is she really? Around. That's what I, yeah, I read that a while back. I think probably if I was going to give it to a kid or YA author that I, that like pulled me along the most that I that I really got into would be Suzanne Collins with the Hunger Games. Yeah, I think that those. Um, I think a lot of like modern YA you can trace back to the Hunger Games. I think that that set a tone more so than like you know. I think you're probably yeah. I would say more so than Harry Potter, but you're probably getting a lot of. Um, kids who like age out of Harry Potter and go to things like the Hunger Games. But, you know, when you have something like Twilight, which I don't mean to dump on Twilight because I know it's got a <laughs> got a huge fan base, but it doesn't it doesn't have a particularly like strong message. Like if I had a daughter, I wouldn't suggest that she read Twilight because it's it's very She didn't you need know, your suggestion. She's gonna pick it up anyway. Probably. But I mean I, I feel like, you know, Bella sort of stays very damselly and the message is like, oh no, go go to this destructive, horrible relationship that makes you feel bad. Run away from this nice relationship. The relationship but, you know. doesn't make her feel bad. It's the lack of the relationship that makes her yeah. feel bad. You've but taken the drug think, away. Yeah. I don't think that that's a particularly positive yeah. portrayal. And I wouldn't want teenagers to like yeah. emulate that not that i want them to as emulate opposed the to hunger maybe games, us but... knowing a few katniss everdeen's <laughs> right, right but i think the hunger games you know you have strong characters they're they're on a mission they're dedicated mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just thought that the hunger games really you know i think i read hunger games still not really knowing that the young adult genre existed yet 
yeah. the way it did. Yeah. So like when I read it, I think I just read it as like, oh, it's a book. Yeah. Or like it's a younger book. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's a, yeah, it's definitely like a gateway book into that genre, and it had yeah. a lot of. I mean, I think you can trace things like Divergent and Maze Runner, mm-hmm. and a lot of things like that. You can I'm, pull right. Back I'm to very it, certain that when I first heard of Twilight, I definitely didn't know young adult. Like I didn't think it was young. Mm. I thought it was just a book. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would I would probably say Suzanne Collins. I am really. I haven't read anything by Gwenda Bond other than her Lois Lane series, uh-huh. but I really like the writing in those. Okay. I like the way those those are written. So yeah. I might try her other things, but I think that again, that's 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 a way where they're showing like a strong female character, and like there there are tiny little hints of romance, but like that's not what it's about, you mm-hmm. know. Like it's a little, it's it's one very small aspect of it, and you know, like we were talking about forever ago with Roller Girl, a lot of a lot of the action. In Lois Lane, it's just like girls being friends, like uh-huh. working together, being on a mission. There, there are guys involved, but like it's, it's just you know they're like not a, a roller girl, baby. Friendship. Yeah, it's not it's not a romance thing. So again, I think that's a I think that puts out you know a strong like positive message, uh, you know more more empowering than anything mm-hmm. else. But um, anyway, uh, what about um, S.E. Hinton? Sure, yeah. What about her? Dig in. She's great. I when I was her. a kid, I wanted to be S.E. Hinton. I wanted to be her friend. But I think she was about like 60 when I was first reading it. Because I found out S.E. Hinton when she wrote Outsiders. She was a teenager. She was like 16 or 17. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Like being, When I was uh, 15 reading that, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's amazing. <laughs> I thought she was so cool for doing that. Yeah. She was like living the dream that I had as a 15-year-old. I'm like, that's fantastic. Um, it also helped that The Outsiders, and that was then, this is now, and, uh, uh not Tex, uh, Rumblefish mm-hmm. were like, I mean, I haven't read Tex, so that maybe could be great, and Tammy yeah. the Star Runner. Uh, but those three, I loved as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, I read The Outsiders in school, so it was required reading, but I loved it. Wow. Um. <laughs> That's extra impressive, because it's homework yeah. at that point. Yep. But then, after that, I just went to the library mm-hmm. and found out what else she had, and, uh, that was then. This is now, and Rumblefish were great. And what's interesting about Essie Hinton is that she doesn't have female characters really in her books. So she's writing as a seventeen-year-old girl these very believable, very convincing uh, teenage boy characters in all these books. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I I thought about that. Like, I only started thinking about that like last year. I was like, that's fascinating. Yeah. Like, I could not write a, a realistic. I couldn't write a series with that many realistic female teenage girl mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. and it be believable and readable and you know have the impact that it did on the I couldn't do that yeah. but she was able to and you yeah. know what I think it is I think it's that uh I I just think women in general are better at putting themselves in other people's shoes than a lot of guys cuz mm. uh we tend to suck with that <laughs> <laughs> See, now I have to read this book. I don't know how I've I avoided it. I know, I know. I'll do it. That was then, this is now, was great, too. That's, I mean, I, I, each book needs, like, their own podcast, because yeah. they're, they're great. Rumblefish was about uh, brothers, like, falling apart. I mm-hmm. guess they're all kind of <laughs> brothers falling apart, too. <laughs> and how she understood that, too, was great. So, I think in an interview I read, she just kind of, like, wrote about the p- kids she saw and grew up with. So, she's just good at observing. So she's great. She, I mean, you talk about somebody who had an influence on tons of people. I, we just use that as a book club at the school 
like last year and the kids loved it. Yeah. And then some of them had their parents get them the movie. Wow. So like she's still that one book is still yeah, affecting still people. Resonating. Sure. So oh, that's great. She, so yes, The Outsiders and uh, Essie Hinton's books probably have dated better than the Animorphs series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I haven't read a lot of um, I don't know like the Bronte sisters or Jane Austen or that sort of thing. Um, but we're we're doing Northern Drabby this year for book club. For, so, for which book club? For contemporary classics. I'm Is cheating. It contemporary? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lop off the contemporary. <laughs> we're doing it in September for History Week, so we're doing okay. a lot of like history related things. So I picked that. But I'm really looking forward to reading it because that's one that I've picked up several times, and I just really like the way it starts. It really like it sucks me in. So I'm excited to read that with fresh eyes. You know, okay. never not having, you know, grown up with that or, or really been, I don't really even know the story, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I read Wuthering Heights and like, it's got, do you know, you know, Wuthering Heights at all? It's, it's got kind of a, a like kind of an atmospheric, like vaguely sp- twin peaks spooky. I mean, not that far. <laughs> I wanted that, you know, yeah. because like when I first picked it up, I was like, Oh, this is, this is a little, there's something about it. Just, just become off. a, it's uh, so I wanted more of that. Just but. become a famous author slash famous, uh, uh, go on movie yeah. director. Okay. And make your own Wuthering Heights twin peaks mashup. Thank you. I think that I will. Well, <laughs> let's talk for a minute about Joyce Carol Oates. I know we both read some, some Joyce Carol Oates. I've only read two. That's two. Three. I've read three. That's three. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good number. Yeah. Uh, I think that Joyce Carol Oates, I, I don't know that I, there's another author that I can think of uh, whose books I've read that I find so, I don't know, challenging. Like, you know, I've read a lot you of books. You do have trouble with the bigger words. Yes. I've read a lot <laughs> of books where I finish it and think like, oh, that was, you know, that was a challenge. That was a tough read. But for uh-huh. her, it's like... I don't know. It's they're they're immersive and they're like, you get to the end and it's like that was an experience, you uh-huh. know. Uh, so, I mean, especially her adult novels, but I think even YA. I know we both read Freaky Green Eyes. I think that one really takes you for a ride, you mm-hmm. know. Like you're just, uh, you know, it's there's a darkness to it, a realistic darkness to it that makes it uncomfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? I mean, well, you hated it, yeah, for that very reason, yeah. So. But it I think was something good. Like, yes, yeah, but it made me. It was like, yes, everybody sucks. Yeah, exactly. It was that girl in the exactly. train kind of mentality. Right. Like, no, nobody's right. good. Everything's terrible. But I think that there's. For me, I felt like there was a there was this a glimmer of hope that made it work, which I think is one of her huge strengths. You mm-hmm. know, being able to like take you on a journey and very quickly and succinctly like put you in a place where like you can see you can see a way out. She doesn't give it to you but you can see it there something like mud woman for example where like the main character is just kind of slowly unraveling uh-huh. was really difficult to read because you just uh i felt the same way with jack of spades her more recent one because you know the character is just like you sort of start off like trusting the character and, and mm-hmm. just going along with it and as they start to come apart in such a realistic way it's kind of like you have to step back as the reader and be like, whoa, you know. <laughs> so I'm I'm always very impressed with her. And even, I haven't liked all the books that I've read by her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that I've ever read a book by her and then finished and been like, wow, what a great book, because right. it's just not that kind of thing. But um, I always find her impressive. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I think she's very unique. 
So I'm in, I'm interested, you know, like 30 years from now to see how she's remembered and, and which of her books uh, rise to the surface. But right. um, who knows? Right. Um, any others that you want to hit? Uh, I guess I wanted to mention, well, I'm going to, I'll mention Ursula K. Le Guin. She's a sci-fi fantasy writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her uh, Wizard of Earth, her Earthsea books. Uh, okay. They're very good. And she's won two Hugos, uh, one for The Left Hand of Darkness and one for uh, The Dispossessed. So I would definitely recommend uh, reading some of her books. But I thought we'd also mention Gail Simone, oh, who is sure. probably the most prolific female comic yeah, book writer. I can't even think of a second place. Um, she got she started with Marvel for a while, mm-hmm. but she called it a boys club because they just wouldn't give her the assignments yeah. she wanted. She, my first uh, interaction with her writing was actually – the tail end of Deadpool, because this was back in the early 90s, or the late 90s, I'm sorry, where Deadpool comics were not selling mm-hmm. because it just didn't have the fan base. Even mm-hmm. though people who read it loved it, and it was great, uh, the series itself was failing. But sh- her um, her run on it, it only lasted on Deadpool only like maybe six issues or something, mm-hmm. but they're great. They, they made it feel like uh, the, the original Deadpool series had a, uh, a slump in the middle, and Gail Simone kind of brought it back to like being funny, being heartfelt, being uh, dark. It, it was great. And then she also wrote uh, the sequel series, Agent X, which was good. Okay. Um, but she left that, and then she started working with DC and did a lot more there, uh, writing Batgirl, uh, Birds of Prey. You probably read more Gail Simone over at DC than I have. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to? Probably. Yeah, I'm looking here. I've read, yeah, a lot of Birds of Prey. I've read some of her. Uh... She wrote the Batgirl title for quite yeah. a while. I think that's probably most of what I what you did with her in that. She's, uh, she also read, uh, oh, she also wrote Secret Six, which I loved oh, yeah. for a long time. That came out yeah. of the Villains United series during the Infinite Crisis mm-hmm. miniseries. So that was great. Um, and now I believe she's also doing some uh, like independent comic book stuff. That I can't okay. remember the name of it. I should probably right. look it up. Clean so Room, I, I think, is one. We, we have that, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but she's great. She... She has uh, a knack for uh, for humor. Okay. Oh, yeah. she also did Wonder Woman. I, w- I was reading oh. a bunch of Wonder Woman comics. And, I don't think I've read that. Um, there were some that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got to hers, and she kind of brought it back to, uh, to being fun again. So she has a knack of making uh, the comics she's writing, the superhero comics she's writing, fun, funny, action. But she also has a knack for making them dark. Uh, her uh, Secret Six series is very dark, but it's it's very good. Uh, she wrote All New Adam. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, she did, which we have in our collection. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm, I'm looking it up because she's the new... It must be clean... Oh, Leaving Mega, Megalopolis is the one I'm thinking about. It's the one where... Uh, it's one of those uh, the superheroes have turned and are bad mm-hmm. series. So, there you go. Hmm. And you, you've, you haven't read Clean Room yet? No, I haven't. Okay. No, but we do have it. Uh, one, a, a recent author that I've read, we've talked about her. Uh, no, we haven't. We talked about Paula Hawkins, which I was very impressed with Girl on a Train. But uh, Gillian Flynn is a, is a pretty you modern. You do love Gillian Flynn I books. do. The, uh, I mean, Gone Girl is great. Uh, sharp objects um, in a totally different way. I mean, it's real, like, clipped and quick versus Gone Girl's very long and wordy. Uh, and then there's Dark Places, which I'm kind of like, eh, about. But they're all very, <laughs> very strong, very powerful. So uh, I find those books incredibly readable and very compelling. So if you've only seen the Gone Girl movie or something, um, mm-hmm. I would say 
read the book, even though you know some of the surprises, right. and read the other two because they're they're very good. Right. Um, some some that I've read that I'd like to read more of would be Light Between Oceans, uh, M. L. Stedman. That this is her first, and I think at this point only book, but Light Between Oceans was. Um, this is the one with the lighthouse where the couple finds the baby washed up. I mean, that was just talk about a compelling read. That one kept us, I mean, on the edge of your seat the whole time because it's just, it's well-written. It's, it's, um, believable. You know, it's just something about it that just feels very real. Right. So I, I hope that she writes more. Um, I've only read one, one Barbara Kingsolver, Prodigal Summer, not even one of the, the more famous ones. Okay. Um, but I really liked that. And that was another one that I was reluctant. Like, I did that for a book club, and I was like, well, we, you know, this is, this is an author that people like, so we should. Uh, and I wasn't particularly looking forward to it, but I really liked it. Pulled right in. Uh, one of the toughest books I've ever read, uh, and that includes Joyce Carol Oates, would be The Lovely Bones by Alice Siebold. Mm-hmm. That is a rough read. Do you know that story? Yes. No, that, thank you. I, the start of that book uh, is an initial attack. Um, is just, I can't even believe it. Like it was published. I'm I'm shocked that the publishers would say, "Yeah, you're a brand new author. Why don't you start with like the most horrific thing?" And once you get past it, you know, once you get past that part, the book is just, um, you know, it's 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 rich and it's compelling uh, and upsetting, obviously. Uh, but to start that way, I just like I can't imagine I can't imagine someone okaying that because like, you know, we heard when when we talked about it in the book club, you know, a lot of people had themselves the first time they picked it up or new people when it came out who read those first couple of pages and was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, and never got through it. So mm-hmm. um, I haven't read her other books, but they're definitely on my list because I was I was surprised uh, with with the intensity of uh, The Lovely Bones. So I think that that's one. Had a lot of hype when it came out. It was one of those books that uh, was just everywhere and seemed like, oh, well, that's, you know, probably overinflated and it's not that uh, compelling. But I I really think that it was. So I would like to read more of hers. Uh, I'm not a huge Ann Tyler fan, which I know a lot of the book club is. Right. Uh, We read a couple of books for that. And so far... um, I haven't really liked them. I haven't read any of hers that, that people are like, oh, you have to read this one. So maybe I've just read off ones. But uh, playwrights? Have you read a lot of female playwrights? I haven't read enough playwrights. Okay. To... Some of my favorite <laughs> plays, uh, Crimes of the Heart by Beth Hanley. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, won a Pulitzer Prize for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Zamina Reza's Art, also a great, great play. And Lifetime's Three. Okay. Uh, she's got a lot of things. Jean Kerr wrote Mary Mary and uh, Poor Richard. Uh, so some, some of my absolute favorites uh, by women playwrights. So... Um, I think I think I'm over. I think I'm over my uh, initial issue, you know, where I used to have trouble like oh, picking yeah. up women authors. I think you know, just in part, being exposed to so many different uh, titles and, and books coming in that like I just sort of shook it off and mm-hmm. you know don't think about it anymore. But you know, I just think um, it's interesting how that happens and like you don't even realize it. So um, I don't know. We covered a lot. Yeah, we covered a lot. You got any others you want to toss in there? No, I'm good. Okay. I mean, probably, but yeah, we're we're uh, short on time. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, should we move on to library news? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the biggest thing we have coming up would be our visit from Julia Spencer Fleming, which we mentioned already, author of the Claire Ferguson novels, coming on March 31st at seven o'clock. <gasps> 
So that'll be down in the auditorium. We'll have uh, books for sale through Birmingham Books. So you can get your books Yay. signed, listen to her talk. She's she's a, a fascinating character herself. So she should be uh, should be an interesting evening. Uh, we have some movies showing. We're showing the Bucket List on the twenty eighth. That's our senior matinee, Great. two o'clock. Yeah. Um, what's our next? Oh, the Rotary Easter Egg Hunt is coming up in a couple of weeks. This is our third annual Easter Egg Hunt on the front lawn, mm. sponsored by the Wellsville Rotary. We go for some scrambled eggs. Gonna have right way now. more eggs this year. Three hundred eggs. Afterwards, Ooh. we're showing the movie Storks. Storks so even yeah. if you don't come to the eggs, you can come and see Storks. And we've connected that o'clock. because Snork Storks and egg lay eggs. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's it's a very loose connection. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they deliver babies. Yeah. Like Easter bunnies deliver well, I don't baskets. think they deliver. Yeah, they deliver. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant like deliver babies. Like yeah. one push. more big push. <laughs> yeah. No, you mean yeah. they just take. Yes, yeah. you're right. That's how you're That's right. how uh, a precocious child interprets it when their yeah. parents say storks bring the babies. Like, yeah. really? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. What about you? What about you? No, I mean, like, what do you have? Uh, we've got Sing. We're showing Sing in two weeks. Yeah. That's a, that's a um, ways. So that's a ways. Yeah. So uh, April Anime Club. the date for that. Yes. About three weeks. Anime Club every Wednesday at 5.30. Yeah. Uh, we have Minecraft Mondays yep. every Monday Always at rocking. 3. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you I don't love Minecraft myself? Yeah. You I've can. tried to... You can and you have. I've tried to get into it. I've tried to find, like... You know what it is? You just need to be a kid and not only just have the desire to build whatever, but have, like, that sense of time. Because I, I just, like, I can't spend a week building a small pyramid yeah. and then that's it. Like the, I just can't make my own yeah. objectives yeah. at this age. I understand. So I understand. But, that, but kids safe. love Minecraft. Yeah. That's true. Kids so love Minecraft. Minecraft is great. It is great. Let your imagination explode. Yes. Do you say, can you say that? Let your imagination I don't know explode? if you should. You okay. can. Um, so. And then the teen photo show, bring your photos in. Yes. In a month. Exciting stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, remember you can find us on Twitter at, the Twitter site. You don't remember our Twitter? It's All the Books Show. Yes. On Twitter? Yeah, that's right. Twitter at All the Books Show. <laughs> Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library. Uh, you can find us on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, that's YouTube. YouTube for back episodes. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Lots of other places. Remember, take a minute to rate us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Yeah. Retweet, take a minute to share, uh, call your mom. Pull people in. Yeah. Tell her you love her. You might not have her forever. Hey, you know what? Good advice. Yeah. So, well, all right. I'm kind of a sage. Yeah, you are. You are a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be we'll be back next week with more zany fun. So, we'll see you for episode 84. Bye.